Hey everyone, welcome to the FitSess Podcast. This is episode 28. Uh, we've got myself, Gan, we've got Deck, and we've got Kristen. Hi, thank you for having me. So this is this is the second time we're doing this because um, we cocked up the first one. Well, um, we didn't. Like, <laughs> These two. No, 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 I wasn't. Deck was. We went on a tangent. <laughs> and how many times did Steph's client come in? Oh, yeah. God, I forgot about that. Even though Tom t- came in as well. And then Tom came in. Did Tom sit down? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for joining us, Kristen. Um, we just discussed this before we came online. Um, basically, you're in the top 30 in your weight category for weightlifting, which is pretty impressive. I'm sure Pish told me in 63rd or something. But no, she quickly <laughs> yeah. informed me that she's in the top 30 weightlifters uh, in the country, which is amazing. Um, and are you doing nationals? No, not no? yet. Not that level yet. Not that level. That is an aspiration of mine. So Maybe next year, or do you think it's a little bit longer? Um, I reckon... In the next few years. Next few years. Yeah. Good. How long have you been weightlifting for? So I've only been weightlifting for uh, probably dedicated to it for like a like a year and a half, two years. That's amazing. Um, before that, I was just learning how to use the gym. I'd never stepped a foot in a gym um, before three years ago. So. Really? So three years ago, first time ever in a gym. Yeah. Did you have any sporting background before that? So I did equestrian stuff since I was like thirteen. So. <laughs> like Southern no classic but um yeah so I'd always like competed at that so I really enjoy just competing at my hobby really so did you do dressage showing jumping um I did mounted games oh, so right, it's yeah. like a team sport where you'd like race up you'd have a bit of equipment put an equipment like a sock in a bucket jump yeah. off the horse then pick up another sock that jump sounds quite horse. athletic I've actually never done that Jeez. I've done dressage and I've done showing yeah. Yeah, yeah, quite a lot. When I was a kid. <laughs> I'm learning this now. No, we used to have to wear white droppers for dressage when I was yeah. a kid, and I used to have to wear yellow ones for showing. Yeah, I used did. to have my own little pet, uh, Shetland, when I was a kid, and then they moved me from the Shetland to the Welsh Section B. Never knew this about you. Yeah, I used to have to ride go. horses all the time. And then my that's... sister came along, and I didn't have to do it, so it was fantastic. Oh, but just rich a, people shit. A quick <laughs> one. No, just, I grew up on a farm for eight years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was funny about it when she said a question, the reason I laugh, is when me and Fraser were younger, we used to thought horticulture was horses. So we used to say everyone at my school... <laughs> I remember you telling me this now. <laughs> ...was horticulture. And then someone, someone said to Fraser, oh, I'm on the equestrian course. He was like, oh, I'm a good swimmer as well. I'm a good swimmer as well. The fact Fraser's there as well. But yeah, thank you for joining us, Kristen. And I wanted to get you on because you always talk very well about how it's helped your mental health, how you like to get away from the day-to-day life and your day-to-day job with training. You always come in with focus and you always have a really, really good laugh. Yeah, I think that's something that I need as well. Just, you know, like I'm a student, I'm working hard all day and I have such stressful exams to go through. So I think it's really important to have something else in your life that you can just focus on get away from all the stresses of everyday life and just I can come here to the gym commit to my session and then go out and tackle whatever else is whatever else I'm faced with is there anything that you do that kind of takes you away from your everyday life uh yeah probably probably coming to the gym for me really I think, yeah I think I didn't I didn't realize it as much the first time 
uh, through lockdown until I think when I changed jobs, everything my job started becoming a bit more stressful. And I think coming in, just putting your headphones in, yeah. just yeah. blocking out everything. Um, I'm not gonna lie though, I, I found that kind of hard at, at, at first because I kind of like you'd, you'd come into the gym, you'd have a laugh with everyone, but then I think I've got to the point now where it's like it's like go time when you get here. Mm. Um, for you though, it's quite interesting because. I, I always feel when looking at weightlifting and watching you and Pish especially, like you're very high level and it takes like a lot of dedication to, to do what you do. Mm-hmm. And like, and I, I said this to Pish, like, I don't think I've got like the commitment to do anything like weightlifting because it's so technical. Like, mm-hmm. and the, like, I remember I've said this a couple of times in jokes with you, like, mm-hmm. sometimes when like you've stepped forward on a lift and I'm like, I generally thought I was going to be catching that ball off you, like you were just going to chuck it. Yeah, to be fair, like, it is one of them sports where it's so hard to learn and it's taken me so long to learn and every day I still come in here and I learn something new and I think that's what I love about it though is that you're always progressing. You never sort of reach a place where you're like, yeah, I'm an expert because no matter, even the top level lifters, I'm sure they're still learning things every day. But you just grow to love the journey. I don't know, that sounds like a cliche, like, love the process or whatever, but it's true. <laughs> it is yeah. very true. Like, what would you say are the biggest lessons you've learnt from weightlifting, Anna? The biggest lessons I've learnt from weightlifting is, if so if you, you know, like, whatever headspace you come in with, that is going to reflect in your lifts. If you come in and you're like, oh, I'm having a rubbish time, and I'm, I'm going to come in and I'm not going to be able to lift whatever is expected of me, then you're going to come in and you're not going to be able to lift it. But if you come in with the attitude of like, do you know what, whatever stresses I have going on, I'm just going to park them to the side for a minute and I'm just going to focus on me and focus on doing whatever I can. Like you're not going to be able to lift your best every day and that's okay. It's okay to come in here and not have like a 10 out of 10 session. But as long as you can do what you can, then you're still making progress towards your goal. I take it you've had a lot of lessons of that in terms of you may have not had a 10 out of 10 session and have you dealt with it poorly? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, ask Piersh. <laughs> I feel bad for him because he probably gets the brunt of it when I come in and I'm in a bad mood. But, like... It's part I still of our job, isn't it, as yeah, a coach? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's Pish. Yeah, he can take it. <laughs> what, what I find, like... Because I, I always think the difference is... Because I didn't really know about weightlifting, if I'm honest, before you and Pish came. Like, mm. I, I knew of it, but it wasn't like... Watching you guys do it is different because I'm a bit more like... I'm absorbing it a little bit better and like, understanding yeah. the mechanics. But I always feel like with powerlifting versus weightlifting... like Powerlifting, most people in a gym do, mm. I'd say. The, the three, come on. You, you'd always see like... Maybe not with excellent technique. No, no, that's the thing. My point, I'm going to jump in here with as to our defence, is people may think, this is the best way of describing it. Me and Tom thought we were weightlifting, but then when Kristen and Pish come in, (laughs) their whole training is dedicated. So like, they might do high pulls, they might do snatch from blocks. We might do a snatch or a clean at the start of our session and then go on to everything else that we wanted to do for the rest of the day. It might yeah. be yoke, it might be running around the sandbags, it might have been bench, it might have been whatever it was. That's not weightlifting. Yeah. Weightlifting is what they do, where they're always trying to perfect the craft, the technique, changing little bits of it. And it's the same 
point I'm going to put across now for powerlifting. They can come in and they can bench, deadlift and squat at the start of their session, but it doesn't mean they're powerlifting yeah, yeah. because mm-hmm. their accessories might be bodybuilding based. They might be based around something else. They're just going in doing a compound lift. Okay, so okay then. Let me rephrase it then. Yeah. So they're doing the compound lift, but you do, I don't see a lot of people doing uh, any snatches or cleans in a gym, a normal gym. I feel like there definitely is a progression towards doing that now. Yeah, yeah. I do see a lot of people trying to do cleans in the gym without any sort of training, and this is yeah. another thing. If you want to get good at weightlifting or powerlifting for that sense, you have to get a trainer who's going to be able to give you cues, actually, like observe you and tell you how to improve whereas i see a lot of people in like commercial gyms trying to do powerlifting or weightlifting and they've got no focus on mobility no focus on technique they're just doing it as part of a program that's probably not even put together specifically for them yeah they've bought a five pound program online yeah ten pound program online oh they've just found a free one which is fine but they don't know how to do any of the movements correctly and then they revolt resort to like youtube or facebook to find out how to do a technique or an exercise or a certain lift and it's usually really poor quality i always think everyone needs a coach um it's like when we go to school you know we don't we're not expected our kids to just pick up english maths sciences we you know we send them to school with teachers when we learn to drive we all have to have a driving instructor we don't just chuck ourselves on the road and go there you go learn along the way Mm -hmm. you know watch a youtube video it's the same with training in the gym we do it most people do you know in our gym we'll come in four or five six hours a week you know you probably spend four or five six hours a week driving so why are you not putting that same level of coaching or time dedication into learning how to do it properly yeah i think i've learned more of you and pish in terms of like because i think i watched pish one night and he was doing a couple of cleans mm. and because obviously i've done like jiu-jitsu and wrestling in the past and when i've seen them people do like a power clean or anything like that their main focus is first like power output and that's mm. in the forefront of their mind mm. well when I watch Pish do it, it's very different. Yeah. The, the technique is obviously miles better, mm. but his thought process on it is very different as well. Yeah. Like, so for you, do you... Because obviously, for example, I'm, I'm not a weightlifter or anything, mm. but if I... Could I still do it as a part of maybe doing either maybe powerlifting or even if I went back to doing more MMA-based stuff, do you think everyone should do some form of weightlifting? Um, it depends what you mean by everyone. I think if you want to develop skills that will translate into other aspects of training, such as your MMA, yeah. like there's so much that you can learn from doing weightlifting. Like you can learn speed, agility, mobility. There's so many things which weightlifting will improve. However, if you try and do it just off the cuff, like oh, I'm just going to try and do a clean today, like... It, that's just wrong on so many yeah, levels yeah, yeah. like there's so many steps that you need to be able to do just in order to learn how to do a clean you can't just walk into a gym one day i always think there's like m- different forms of weightlifting so the way i was taught was a like s and c base because that's what i did at uni mm-hmm. and i think there's strength and conditioning training because you don't have time so when when I went to my school and had to like train the athletes there, you don't have time to do the technical level that they go into. Mm. So you have to kind of get the basics, make sure they're safe, and then the power output is there if that's the goal you're looking for mm. from the train. So then you might only you'll only stick them to a power clean. Yeah. I think when a coach comes in and on the first session I see an S and C coach trying to get kids to snatch, I always think that is awful. I just don't think you should do that. Um, 
I think you have to spend a lot of time dedicated to make sure that you can do it effectively, properly. Make sure you know you're spending. You might it might take you ten weeks to get in the right positions, but a lot of times people, especially in our culture now, we're impatient. We don't want to wait. Yeah, yeah. It's the same with powerlifting as well. With like Fraser, I've said to him, "What do you get more out of? Do you get more out of training consistently, or doing a peak and then doing a one RM?" You get more out of training consistently, yeah. you know, to your numbers. So, you know, maybe spend an extra two, one, two, three years doing that as opposed to, say, trying to do two or three smaller comps a year. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of powerlifters have shown they can go away, work on their technique, come back stronger, where the ones who are consistently in season, it makes it a lot harder for them. It's like with footballers, you know, when are the best, are they best, you know, in season when they're carrying niggles or are they best, you know, out of season where they're kind of fresh and ready to go? Yeah, I think it's better to be fresh. You've got to be in it for the long run. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Trying to peak all the time, and I think that's another thing with people in commercial gyms. Like they're always just trying to like go in and just do like the big lifts that they can record to put on like social media or whatever. But they're not just actually paying it. attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, but the main thing is that you're going in and you're improving yourself and you're taking the steps towards your goal, whatever it is. And I think a lot of people don't even know what their goal is. Yeah, hundred percent. So, I, I, I want to go back a little bit because we've, we've not we've not really talked about kind of your journey as mm. weightlifting. So how how firstly did you get into it? Um, I think so when I so I only really started using the gym when I came to Preston and I was just in a commercial gym. Like I said, I'd never been in a gym before. Um, I'd always had a hobby at home. I've talked about the equestrian stuff. Yeah. And obviously when I came to uni, you lose that. I lost that hobby because obviously you can't have a horse at uni like you don't have the time either to, yeah, yeah I don't have the time or the money to keep a horse um so I wanted to learn how to use the gym um because I'd never learned how to squat or deadlift but I knew that I wanted to um to commit to using the gym just yeah. for my own health really um, so I was doing like classes at the beginning I did like spinning and because like, I didn't know how to use the free weights um, and I found a PT there and um, he sort of like showed me the basics there was a lot of like stumbling what's the right word stumbling blocks yeah stumbling blocks <laughs> with that PT um, but and I think he had like an interest in Olympic weightlifting but at the time I just wanted to focus on like learning how to do the basics yeah yeah so nothing too advanced yeah exactly so i focused on like power lifting i don't know if like just focus on some basics yeah like he wouldn't have called it power lifting not on like dex level power lifting but like i learned how to like deadlift and squat and effectively um and then um and then, yeah, so I was focusing on powerlifting. Then, like, my family situation, my mum passed away in 2019. I'd started learning how to weightlift um, a bit before then, like, not not very well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but still with that same trainer. Um, yeah, and then my mum passed away. I, like, took a year out of Preston. I stayed in Manchester for the year. And I joined a weightlifting club. Is it the one that came here? Yeah, lovely people. Right, we, yeah, we, so we, nice. we need to talk about them after you've told your story <laughs> because, yeah, Jesus Christ, they're good. Yeah, yeah, lots of amazing people at that club. Um, but I think just being part of the club, like you're in an environment with people who are committed to weightlifting as well. Um, at that point, I just knew that I wanted to focus on weightlifting as yeah. opposed to just like going in the gym and 
you didn't like like not that I got bored with just doing like squat bench and deadlift because obviously <laughs> there are some people in here who love squat bench and deadlift <laughs> me and Declan um, but I, just, I think I was just drawn to I think like the technical movements of snatching clean and yeah. jerk I was just so like fascinated by how people can do these and just make it look so effortless when you're literally using every muscle in your body and every nerve that supplies those muscles has to work in such a it's like a dance yeah it's like an intricate way that they all have to work at the same time as well i think one of the things that weightlifting has is obviously it's in the olympics which is great so you get a lot more exposure but also it's the intricacy of always being able to do it and also Mm. like timing yeah. Where sometimes with powerlifting, I think you can kind of graft it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you can definitely grind out yeah. the really heavy. But with weightlifting, it's the opposite. You have to be calmer. So I remember yeah. like once Tom was telling me, I think we was going for a hundred clean and jerk, and I was really struggling to get it. And he said, "You you like ragging at the bar too much. You're getting angry with it." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "You need to be calmer." And then it was easy. It was weird. Is that because yeah. normally you would have ragged it? On yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, see, so you you treat it as what you know best, and. I think weightlifting is completely different to powerlifting in the fact that there's a lot more smaller technical aspects that you can consistently work on where powerlifting, I think sometimes you might have to work on one specific area for a longer period of time. So for instance, if you're squat, you might have to work on it for two years at a time and then maybe move on to bench for a year or two and then move on to your deadlift. It's more of a culmination over time of bigger lifts and when you want to peak those lifts. So a lot of the time, most athletes won't say, PB on their deadlift, squat and bench all in the same comp. It'll be over like a longer period where I think weightlifting, especially at the beginning, you can get like a lot of PBs quite together, can't you? Because yeah, they can definitely. come together. Yeah, and once you make technical improvements as well, then you start seeing the numbers fly up. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think it's a complete different mind set between weightlifting and powerlifting. I think powerlifting, obviously I don't know powerlifting as well as you, but I'd say you need a lot of like aggression and we talked about that didn't we like months ago i think that's a misconception with the uh with the aggression like i wouldn't say me or fraser are classed as aggressive guys oh no definitely fraser does show aggression though like when he does his stamps no i don't think he does like i I think it's more like a calmness (laughs) and uh and an approach Fraser's currently painting the gym, yeah. so he's just here right <laughs> and uh, he knows we're talking about yeah he knows <laughs> I think, like, if you look at any of the powerlifters at the moment, like LJ, G, Josh, I don't think any of them have that kind of aggression. I know what you mean by aggression, uh, but I I think aggression is the wrong word. I think also, like, a lot of people think you need it for powerlifting, but I don't think you do. It's more of a... um, it's more of like a focus. I'm yeah. not. Yeah, I think you need it's it in weightlifting as well. Yeah, yeah because I, it's so individual. You can't speak for everybody. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. And my coach used to say to me, "Oh, you need to be more aggressive, constantly drilling it into me." And like they used to get us to do some absolutely barbaric like techniques, like think of like someone in your family being killed and stuff like that. Like, and then the same thing with Fraser. And it's just not healthy. And also, it's just not a great way of doing it. But they were the ways they used to do it. And you don't you don't need to. I try and teach Fraser to be focused and like a lot use a lot more imagery of him achieving those lifts. So that, that mental side of things for him is a completely different to how powerlifters used to think. Just, yeah. just on that, I always love when new people come to the gym and Tom's lifting. I know, they, it either goes one of two ways. Yeah. They're either so scared and like, oh my God, get me away from this absolute freak. Yeah. <laughs> or the mesmerised. Yeah, yeah. like, oh I always God. think it's a theatre. He's yeah. so good. Because he, 
it was really funny because that day when your weightlifting club came, yeah, he was in full flow, wasn't he? He, yeah. he was trying to show off, yeah, and I called him. Was trying to show yeah, off. and I and I called him. I think up we on all it. said this as well too, because I said to him, "Oh, the weightlifter is going to leave the back of the gym empty for him," yeah. and he deliberately went in yeah, the middle of right it. In the middle. To I like literally moved for you squat. guys, and he moved yeah. back into my bay, and I was like. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> it's just typical but, Thomas though, isn't it? It's just so funny. It was so funny. It proper made me laugh. In that in that scenario though, it was absolutely hilarious, right? Because I was I I needed Tom to spot me on a couple of my stuff. Yeah. And um Tom's just there like shouting like full full blown. And some people from your gym were just like, Is he alright? They actually uh, said that yeah. to me. And I'm like no, yeah, he's yeah. always like this. <laughs> but, but then he, he told me to do something that I've never done before, which is slap him on the back. And yeah. I slapped him so hard, my, my hand was like red after. Yeah. And it, I think like one of the girls from your gym was like, is your hand all right? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, it's gone numb. I can't feel it. <laughs> but but just talking about them. So when they came, me and Tom were training at the same time. And mm. You weightlifting club come. And I, I, I've like, I've watched obviously you and Pish for like a couple of months prior to that. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like flipping crazy. Because I, I think I'd said to you a couple of times, I would never try it because I would probably decapitate myself with the bar. Cause We've it's... all been there. <laughs> oh, all right, okay. <laughs> my I know. chin's taken a few hits, don't you worry. <laughs> you took one the other week, didn't you? Yeah, I'm always chinning myself. But you just, <laughs> yeah, get used to it after a while, really. Yeah, but I like, so they came, right? And I'm, I was there watching them and then watching the process of them getting into it because I'm, it's very different because I've not seen that many people go go through that process at a very high level like they all are. Mm. And I think, uh, was it Jodie the redhead? Yeah, Jodie. I think she missed a couple of lifts, didn't she? Yeah. And then I, I remember she was like, it's weird because when we miss a lift on any of ours, I get like really pissed off. She was just so chilled about it. And mm. then it's like that whole like transparent thing where... I think for weightlifting, you do need to be a little bit calmer for it to, to make it work. I think that's an experience thing, actually, and I don't oh. know this lady personally, but um, is she experienced? Yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah, so I know, like, for me, if if me if I miss a lift, I'm like, not today, it didn't happen. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I think yeah. that's the stage that maybe she's at. Um, is she, like, looking to compete soon, or is she just doing yeah, it Yeah, Jodie's competed nationally. Yeah, so. so I think, like, that's the sort of level yeah. you get to. I think once you get to a certain experience, you kind of can go... It's not happening today. You know your body quite well, and you know your lifts quite well. Mm. Uh, where I think as a new kind of like beginner, I think it's very common to go, "Why is it not working?" Or yeah, get frustrated yeah. with it, um, and not understand yeah. kind of why. I, I know for me, like, if I ever have a bad week of training, I'll go, "Right, is my sleep well? Is my, what's my nutrition yeah. like? What are my stress levels like?" Mm. You know, for me, what happens if you have a bad week, Chris? Yeah, so I think if I have a bad week with my training, I do look at what else is going on because yeah. generally with stuff like my sleep and my nutrition, like my nutrition's pretty stable, whatever's going on. But if I'm a bit stressed, the first thing that it affects is my sleep. Mm. And I know that if I'm not sleeping well, I'm not going to come in and perform my best in the gym. Mm. And that's just something that you have to deal with really. I think over time, if you try and focus on self-care and, um, putting things into place for what you can do if you are feeling rubbish yeah. then in time as long as you stick with it with what you know is good for you um so what are some self-care tips some self-care tips <laughs> many years of having to learn how to do this um does it not come naturally to you 
No, definitely not. I'm the really? sort of person, yeah, especially like when my mum first passed away, I sort of, I knew that I had to do things to look after myself, like I sought out counselling pretty quickly um, because I know that it helps people. Um, but I think my initial reaction is to just like work myself really hard. Like I'm the sort of person who, like I'm a perfectionist and if mm. I don't achieve like what I think I should be achieving, then I beat myself up about it. Yeah. Um, so I think the first thing is to just like recognise when you need to just take some time out. Sometimes you just need a weekend to sit on the sofa and just let people look after you have a nice bath if that's what you like or get a takeaway in prioritize sleep and actually just dedicate time treat it like it's a physical illness if you injure your ankle what are you going to do obviously you don't just want to sit on it and like not move at all but at the same time you have to do what's best in the long run for you and if that is to sit and put your feet up for a bit then that's what you have to do it's the same thing with your mental health like if your if your mental health is taking a hit, then if you need a weekend to just do nothing and to just take some time to focus on your sleep and um, eating foods that are good for the soul, then you've got to do that sometimes. <laughs> I think I think that's quite like refreshing because I I've I, I've been I've seen PTs in the past when you're not having a, a brilliant week, not you. Uh, but <laughs> pre previous ones. Deck as the <laughs> no, no. To be fair, deck deck is probably like the best in in terms of this. When deck will know when I'm having a bad week or not, mm. and he and he'll say like, just take a day off or something, do do something yeah. else. Like, I think you did it in my first year that yeah. you coached me. Um, but I don't think enough coaches or PTs recognise that. Yeah. Because the, it's like previous P PTs I've had, they'll be like, no, you need to go balls to wall. You just need to get harder, and it's like. No, no, no. Yeah, my neurological yeah. Yeah. facilitation of muscles is just shot. My CNS system is fried. Like, yeah, I just yeah. can't activate. I mean, like, there's a really good example of this. Like, um, Martin is like built doing an extension at his house. Oh. I'm like, that just stresses you out, doesn't it? Yeah. So I just say to him, like, why is my workout so light? I'm like, because you don't really need to be hitting it hard, mate. You've just come off a 16 week peak where you've just been absolutely hammering PRs consistently. Just, so, <laughs> just have two or three months where our training is consistent. We're working on other habits, i.e., our cardiovascular fitness, working on our mobility. Why your house is being renovated and why are you doing building a double extension? Just yeah. chill out and take the time. And at first, he was really against it, and now I think he's like, oh, it makes sense that I actually don't. Yeah. Do, do you guys think? Cause you, you've probably been, well, both of you have done this a lot longer than I have. Do you think the culture is changing on that? Because I think previously it might have been, like, because Martin would have been annoyed because he's probably had, like, coaches in the past or uh, people, because I know he used to do tie boxing. Yeah. I, I guarantee them what would have been, like... Yeah, graft it out. Yeah, just graft it out. Mm, yeah. I think it comes from personal experience for me. Yeah. Just absolutely grinding myself into the ground until you just can't move yeah. until like and then you become I, physically exhausted. I get injured yeah yeah I always my light last back injury in 2017 was just pure stress of opening this place it was just genuine like I was I remember I was doing sessions at like 3am because that was the only time I had to do them and I, yeah. I was going in to do a comp and like the, the I think it was the day I hurt my back like I was doing a comp and I was just warming up in the morning for it and I was just so stressed and what I should have done is gone right I'm not going to compete this year I'm going to set up the gym for the first year. And I didn't understand the gravity of the task I was taking on in terms of yeah. building this mezzanine on my own, opening the gym. Like, 
I think a lot of people just sometimes like weigh up where your life is, what your priority is. At the time, it should have been the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, try, I thought, oh, no, I can do this. I can do the gym and compete. And uh, our last, pod- last podcast was on priorities. And like Kristen said, sometimes that priority has to be self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, how would you like rate your priorities at the moment like is it obviously because you you're in are you in your last year yeah and i do have my finals coming up in six weeks i've got my final medical exams so yeah they're hefty exams fingers crossed everyone (laughs) thanks um so yeah obviously at the minute my priority is my revision um but at the same time i know that i can't just sit in my room revising all day i'm not that sort of person and i do get so much enjoyment out of training and keeping my routine I think that's something that's so important if you have a routine that works for you just because you're revising or whatever don't let your routine slip it doesn't mean go balls to the wall all the time like I'm not saying I'm going to come in and like smash pbs every week but just staying consistent and keeping that routine of coming to the gym taking my mind off revision for at least an hour and a half it's just I think it's so good for me and obviously a lot of other people as well so i think a tip from me would be like if, if you have got like say exam month or a really busy month at work where it's really really important i think a couple of things you could do is even work on your mobility like we're doing with martin mm-hmm. or just go back and look at basics like technique and just keep yourself moving keep that body moving keep the routine as kristen said i think like for me i've had to constantly change my routine whether we've got a new member of staff and then like, you know, I can take a little bit more time for myself and just being able to change that routine. Like if you review it every month, like how is this routine being? Would my life be any better if I changed this, this and this? You know, if you're happy with it, you know, maybe it doesn't need changing. But for me, I think if you do want to change something, just ask yourself why you're changing it. What's the purpose and reason behind it? And I think building a really strong routine is really, really important. So like, what does your routine look like Um, on a day-to-day basis? So at the moment also I have my mum's dog to look after so I get to take him out on walks which is nice. Um, steps in? Yeah, well he's 13 years old so we don't get oh. that many steps in but it's just nice Kristen's to probably thankful. <laughs> yeah, I've <laughs> seen her do cardio. I know, I know. I literally got a face like a slapped ass when I was It's so funny. I can tell when she comes in at the gym I'm like oh she's got cardio. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a face like thunder this can only mean one thing. <laughs> So go on, you walk the dog. What's yeah. the dog's name? He's called Buddy. Oh, that's a great name. It's a very conventional dog name, but he's a rescue dog, so he yeah, came like with Buddy that the Elf. Name. I know. I was thinking that actually. He looks like a little elf, bless him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so well, obviously it depends. When I'm on placement as well, like I'm on different placements, so... Um, Previously, I was on A&E, and obviously those placements are very sporadic. Jeez, so wow. one week it's night shifts, and then the next week it's mornings, and then the next week it's days. Um, but at that the sounds minute, like hell. yeah, it's okay. It's it's good work in A&E. You know, you see different things all the time, and there's lots going on. So um, I definitely preferred A&E to surgery. Yeah. Um, Why? What's the difference like in terms of just for the average person who doesn't understand what happens in A&E and surgery um, on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> like <laughs> me. <laughs> um, on surgical wards, um, well, I was on urology surgery, so it was lots of men having their prostate scraped, which was lovely. Um, nice. Nice, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I've eaten. <laughs> yeah, sorry, everyone. Um, Don't really and, feet, Yeah, <laughs> the wards are just a bit of like... They're just, I don't know, I just didn't really find it very enjoyable, really. Really? Well, 
not it's not what I enjoy. Surgery isn't what I enjoy. I enjoy talking to people. Um, so you're not going to be a surgeon then? No, I'm definitely not going to be a surgeon. So, so what what is your actual like degree in? Because I I don't know actually. I think we'd actually talked about it the mm. first time we tried this, and I've slept since then. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, so it's a medicine degree. Um, right. Okay. So yeah, I'm a medical student or a student doctor. What's the end goal then? Um, so hopefully when I graduate, we get registered as junior doctors. Um, so you've probably heard about those in the media yep, and stuff. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I'll be a junior doctor. You're cl- technically classed as a junior doctor until you um, qualify as a consultant. Um, so this is probably for the next like seven years. Wow. Uh, depending on what you want to do. If you want to become a GP, um, then you only have five years. Um, but Why is that seen as a lesser um, just because role. no it's not a lesser role it's just um, you have to do your core medical training and then your GP training uh-huh. um, so it's just a bit of a shorter time than it is um, if you do like surgical training for example because you still have to do all the core medical training um, but when you're GP most of it's the core medical training stuff so yeah what's your plan um, then what do you want to be um, so I want to be a mental health doctor that's, that's amazing. my plan um, I'd like to work with child and adolescent mental health services. Wow. Um, Any reason behind it? Um, so I did a placement in, so we shortened it to CAMS, um, and I just really enjoyed it. I'm writing a paper, um, which is hopefully going to get published later on this year. You wrote your own paper? Yeah. So, well, I've written it with two other clinicians. That's amazing, though. Yeah, so it's a systematic review. Um, so hopefully be published in the Journal of Eating Disorders um, wow. later on in the year. That's amazing. That's you have to share it on our page. We'll, we'll definitely that's share that's it. a plug and a half, aren't yeah. it? That's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> like we, love that. When uh, people are telling me, like, you know, my tutor asked me to like do my master's and then potentially my doctorate for strength conditioning, mm. and he was explaining to me, I was like, Hannah, it'd be cool to be a doctor, but... I just don't think I'd write the journals. I don't think I'd do the research. But actually, now I always do the research, so I wish I had done it now. Um, it's, so it's never too late. And uh, nice go back it. at night school Do- and do Dr. it. Dr. Deck. Dr. Yeah. Deck. Yeah, I, I did like yeah, that Dr. Do a little. Yeah, that does have a good ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good movie. Might watch that something. But, <laughs> but yeah, so you you want to do mental health. Um, yeah. And how is like, training correlated with your mental health? Um, training has actually been one of the best things for my mental health um it's so good to keep you grounded you know you can sort of think oh I get stressed out with these exams or whatever but at the end of the day you've still got your health you've still got your well-being like an exam in the grand scheme of things doesn't really reflect who I am as a person yeah yeah Um, that's a really really good way of looking at it because I know like my sister she didn't take any of her GCSEs just because she was kind of um, a few of her friends were like really really suicidal about it mm. and she just was like well, I'm not going to put myself under that pressure yeah, I'm so not going to do them then yeah, pressure <laughs> put on kids these days and yeah. I think you need something as well just that like you can come and have fun and it, it doesn't matter if you drop a lift or mm. it just I think it just grounds you really yeah. and it just sort of makes like when I come here say before I go for placement or whatever like I just feel so much better about yeah. going into placement also just things like my posture like 
back pain like, as well when you get stressed like you have a, a hormone release called cortisol and that contributes to back pain as well and I think just coming to training just opens up your back opens up your shoulders get those endorphins going and just set you up nicely for the day you know is that going to be your number one prescription then for anyone in mental <laughs> yeah. health? Yeah. <laughs> what would you get children to do? Or would you get them to weightlift or try the gym? Because I think one of my big passions, um, you know, over the next 10, 20 years is I want to try and bring as much um, exercise and sport related exercise like weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, just any sort of training based stuff. Um, I want to bring it to schools as much as possible. I want to do it so like um, if when they go to school, like when they get to the age of like 12, 13, we can show them how to do some basics yeah, in the gym, definitely. you know, like whether it be air squats be, and stuff. Yeah, so beneficial because when I was at school, I literally hated PE. Mm. PE was literally the bane of my life. I used to cheat doing cross country. I'd take shortcuts and <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I, I literally hated it. Or I'd pretend that I had a music lesson and I'd go and sit up in the music department just to get out of doing PE. Like I literally hated PE. So I think just getting people inspired and, you know, like, it doesn't matter if you don't like trampolining or dodgeball or whatever in PE. Like, it doesn't matter. What's important is finding what's good for you. And I think if we can just get people to learn that there's so much more out there than just, like, if you're a girl playing netball and if you're a boy yeah, doing 100%. football. Like, I think it would actually open up exercise for so many more people. I, I always think about that in, like, us in comparison, like, our kind of almost PE in comparison to America's. Mm. Like, their their PE is high level and it's not, like, it, it probably teaches them more as well. Like, so I, I know a couple of people uh, in America and they've done, like, wrestling as kids, boxing, like, different martial arts, but they've also done, like, things that aren't, like, dodgeball, like... Yeah. I think, really, though, when, when I've looked at the American model, because I have quite a lot, is they span their curriculum over a longer period of years, don't they? Because they're, they're in yeah, school yeah. a lot longer. Mm. So it's easier to kind of add more physical exercise to it but also their their school day is usually eight till five with like kind of every day there's some sort of physical exercise yeah. um, so I think that's a big thing I think it'd be great if we could get more exercise into kids but I also think like funding is one of the hardest things yeah, yeah. Um, and just getting the right coaches in as well I think the level of coaching at schools unfortunately is really poor yeah. like I remember at my school we had like a Lico plates and bar which oh, I was yeah. very lucky for Jeez. but no one could show us how to use it Mm. like I was just very lucky that I went somewhere that did teach me how to use it and then I could use it um, but we were basically just wasting UK sport money by having this really good gym but with no one knew how to use it what's the point mm. I always think when they when they spend so much money on stuff like that why on earth haven't they spent like a much cheaper set of weights and yeah. barbells and then actually sp- spent some money on a coach to get them in I think yeah. so many people do that like it makes me laugh over lockdown like some of my family have spent thousands of pounds on a gym who have one never been to a gym mm. or, or hardly ever go to the gym but they, ha- they will not use a coach to show them how to do it and or they won't have any sort of plan they'll be like yeah I'm going to use the gym next week or I'm going to start next week like I think educating people on how to train is so important because you enjoy it more yeah, yeah definitely I, I always feel with that it's like getting getting a nice car but not knowing how to drive yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean like why, why would you do it you've got all the tools there you just don't know how to drive yet yeah for me, like, yeah. it's this, like you gave that analogy before. And it's the I same know, thing. It, it does. It just does my head in. Like I just think people should. Everyone should get a coach. Everyone, 
I don't, I don't think that it should be some people. I think everyone. You know, and there's a lot of affordable coaches out there, whether it be a beginner coach, you can just watch over you a little bit, whether it be one session a month where you could go, right, can you review what I'm doing, where my progress is, have a look at these lifts, you know, you video them. Even if you just utilise that hour for that. Um, for me, I think it's massive. Like I Obviously, like last year, I played a little bit more golf than I usually do. Um, and like I said to Andrew, oh, I'm looking at getting this golf set. He said, Depp, before you get that golf set, get a coach, learn to swing better because your swing might change and then you won't need to get a new golf set again. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. you know, I think that's really, really important um, to get a coach in anything you do. And like at the moment, I've got a marketing coach. I have a business mentor. You know, I seek that advice. I need that help. And one of the biggest things that makes me a success as a coach is because I gain the experience and I pass that on to every coach in here as much as I can yeah. because it's so important. And I didn't realize how important experience was when I got a mentor for coaching at like 18, like I didn't realise that I was going to learn, the things I was going to learn were so valuable off him. I just thought everyone did it, but it turns out not everyone does. And, you know, getting a coach is a similar sort of thing to that. And obviously, like, Kristen, you, you coach, so why do you have a coach? You have a coach? I do. I think it's so important just to have that direction. Mm. Um, and I think by not having a coach, you're missing out on developing yourself. Yeah. Um, because it's impossible to look at your own lifts and say like this is where I'm going wrong these are the things that I can do to help myself and this is like how I'm going to get there you need somebody to give you that direction um in a way that you can't do yourself I've had a couple of people like close to me not going to say who who wouldn't have a coach and I and I always used to go back at them saying it will it will almost humble you in a way because that Mm -hmm. ego will be crash yeah. to the floor yeah because and i think one of the most important things is recognizing when you need to ask for help like so yeah. many people have a big ego and they don't they think they're too good to ask for help but yeah i think in men i think that's why like ben, yeah, well, 78 percent of our gym is female because they're just more open to taking advice yeah and mm. um, but actually that brings on to a good topic of like females training mm-hmm. i think like we get it all the time oh no i can't do that i'm a female i can't weight lift or power lift i'm a female we did and like and people say oh no i don't want to do weight lifting or power lifting um because you know yeah, i, I don't want to get bulky the, yeah. oh, the worst one was there was a bodybuilder the other week that i saw and he went yeah i'm a weightlifter i was like <laughs> do you know what weightlifting is yeah when you're i say you're i do weightlifting, weightlifting people yeah. are like oh so like you do you some just, bicep yeah, curls you do some yeah <laughs> Uh, I used to be like that a year ago. (laughs) So I can imagine how much it upsets you. And it's like when people say, Oh, you're like you're a power lifter, they're like, Oh, but they're like really big fat guys on TV that I see. And most of them are that you see, and obviously with with weight it helps you in powerlifting. Just a little Mm. tangent there. But we will have that. Because that they get the biggest lifts, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're the heavyweights, usually the star of every sport, whether it be boxing, powerlifting, weightlifting, anything, the heavyweights are gonna get the most impressive lifts. Yeah. But we need to sort of stay away from this idea that, you know, to be an athlete that you have to look a certain way. Yeah. Because this is something like also all the female athletes are just judged by their body Mm. and it's so not right. Um, it's massive in women's football at the moment isn't it where yeah. like two or three of the women have actually either been sacked um, like the, that lady who lost her job because she did like a sex video 
Like oh, I think yeah. if that had, that happens all the time in the men's sport, but they never lose their jobs because they're yeah. seen as such uh, high value assets. But lads, lads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just don't. I don't think that's fair. Such I always think standard. like, yeah, huge Big double standard. Like she's a really good football player, but she loses her job because of like someone hacked into her personal data and shared it. Like mm-hmm. I just think that's completely wrong. Where men in the football game kind of share it willingly, and nothing happens to them. Yeah. It's just wrong in my opinion. So, like, how do you see the like female sector of training and weightlifting? Sorry, what was how that? do you feel like weightlifting for a female? How's it different? How many people do it? Do you know a lot of female weightlifters? How easy is it to be a female weightlifting and getting into the sport, etc.? Um, so, as a female, I think you do receive judgment. Like even like when you do these um, things with uni, where for example they're like introduce yourself, say something that's interesting about you, and I'm like, okay, I'm Chris and I do weightlifting, and then um, my tutor was like, oh. Um, don't punch me or something and it's like would you have said that to a male wow. who said that they were weightlifting i was so shocked that is really bad actually isn't yeah. it yeah what <laughs> does it even make sense is it like... a medical professional wow like, he's clearly very uneducated you know why i'm, not, I'm like baffled yes. right so when i in the job i had when you were first my coach deck my yeah. i think i told you about it so one of my senior managers said that mm. but I did like MMA at the time. I yeah. did like jujitsu and wrestling. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, but that like, I know. no, <laughs> it's nothing it to do with punching. Do you know what it's based on? Like, would you say that to a male? No, no you, you wouldn't. wouldn't. So no. like. Don't say it to me. Yeah. In fact, we should. Uh, we, should we have a quick five minutes on the pay gap? The pay gap. Because yeah. we've argued about this before. <laughs> Not argued, we debated. Wait, what? I think it's Chris is really good because you can debate with her. She isn't going to take it personally, mm-hmm. and she's just going to put valid points, and she'll consider your points as well. Where sometimes <laughs> like I, debate. Right, because I've not heard the first edition of this debate. I'm a bit like, no, it was it a debate? It was kind of just like a couple of little, like we just asked the questions, didn't we? Yeah. So like, I think we put it out in our group once about um, it was in basketball, I think. Oh, okay. Um, and basically, like the male players are paid a lot, lot more oh, than uh, the female players. Yeah. And like, you did you disagree? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think. Obviously, like, the male players, especially in sport, you know, obviously they get a lot more television time and maybe this is why they get more money. But, like, so what? Do you know what I mean? The only way that we're actually going to get more exposure for females is if we start televising and if we stop making all of the, like big like games and big nights out all about the men and stop just, like, female footballers. Like, all that happens is that their bodies are commented on and they're exposed to all of this judgment that the men aren't exposed to. I agree. So, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. I'm just going to put more fuel to your fire <laughs> on this. So, there's an, an ESPN presenter, Stephen A. Smith. I don't know whether you'll know him. Mm, he, he, he does no. a lot of the, like, basketball stuff. But because the UFC and MMA is now on ESPN, he's mm. been talking about that. Not a sport he, he knows anything about. Yeah. His comment... I think it was about two weeks ago was saying that no one wants to watch the women's division in MMA like mm-hmm. he full on just said it yeah I think like when Ronda Rousey was fighting everyone wanted to watch it yeah but 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 my thing is is that because she's over sexualised no definitely not she's the opposite isn't she oh really she, 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 she was an animal a, she, she was an animal at the time but it's funny because I, I'm reading that and I, I I love MMA in general doesn't matter if it's women's men's any, I love it 
But he's saying this to women that are very high level these days. Mm. When yeah. w- when Ronda Rousey was at a prime, she was a pioneer for it. But a lot of the women now could absolutely skill set for skill set do a man quite easily. Without. But they get paid the same in UFC, don't they? A little bit less, but it's not it's, much. The pay gap isn't that big. No. Well. You, have to, but, like, you have to question everything. Like, why do we think that women's skill sets are less than men? Is mm. it because they're not yeah. given the same opportunities for coaching? And like, I think there's not a lot of female coaching, is there? Exactly. Yeah. And why are they not getting paid as much as men? You did know, it, did anyone see the article this week on Sky Sports about the female football coach? That's who, what I was going to say. Who uh, yeah, got asked to go to a... So basically, she she coaches is it in the top league or second top league. It's, I think it's top. Uh, it's top. She's yeah, Chelsea manager, Chelsea. isn't she? And she got asked to go and do the... Well, it was speculated that she was going to go to Wimbledon, which are in tier three in the English Football yeah, League. Yeah. Um, and she was like, that's disrespectful. Why would I drop down three leagues to go into the men's league? Yeah. When I'm a champion, she was like, I'm a champion. I win leagues, but I would go down to a third league in the men's league. Yeah. She was like, I'm not leaving. Like, that, that's disrespectful to the women's league and yeah. she was so good at it. I thought I was really good and like I looked her up a little bit and like some a lot of the stuff she says makes sense where she's like very honest where like she, I think one of the things was about tennis where like the females don't serve as fast but they have other skill attributes she says mm-hmm. she understands that you know if the men want to be watched more in tennis that's fine because in other sports but it should mean in other sports that women might want to be watched more so they should be paid more yeah. for those sports yeah. and, and, and like crosses over quite well um, but I think, like, in a, in an F1, there's no female drivers, is there? And I just there's don't a couple of, like... There's, like, reserve drivers. Yeah, but that's But a, a lot of the time, they're used as, like, a marketing or media stunt. Yeah, I don't think they're the ever seen, seen as... Yeah, because the women are just seen as being Ringo. Yeah, exactly. That, it does yeah. actually wind me up. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. lie. It's, a, it's, it's just Why? inappropriate. And, like, even the one that did compete in the testing, the amount of abuse she got about oh, being yeah. a woman driver and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous, isn't it, really? So, it is crazy. I think times are changing. I think, like, even in a year's time when we have this podcast, I think the pay gap will be a lot lot less. Yeah, um, we but- do have to work to get there. Like, if you are going to an employer and, you know, you, you, you should be able to access that data yeah. for a start. And then also challenge, if they're offering you a pay that is lower than a man that is doing the same job as you like challenge everything i never understand though like how would you interview someone and go i know she's a female let's pay her less like i I just don't understand how that would be the thing so it's usually more inadvertent isn't it for example like um i know of the junior doctor contracts there was a lot of like clauses where employers could get out of um giving women pay for things like maternity leave and like really um yeah, I've, I've read like, the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Um, it's, they get through it in lots of ways like that. Well, in Australia, it's just fair, isn't it? Man and women both get nine months, or is it 12 mm-hmm. months between them or something? Yeah, well, lots of European countries are actually very forward-thinking, and um, they actually just Sweden give like a set time off for both male Yeah, between them, they yeah, choose, the the everyone dad. can pick it. You know, the exactly. woman could just have like the baby after three months, and the man could have nine months off. Yeah. You know, it could work both ways. It, there's no kind of like the woman has to have nine months off and the man gets a week or two mm, off. Yeah, we are very backwards in lots so, of ways in this country. Yeah, it, it's weird because when I, because obviously I'm in a public sector role technically now, public sector role, we all get paid the same, mm. obviously depending on what grade you are. So that kind of messed the pay gap up, yeah. which is great because mm. there's no pay gap between men and women, how it should be. But I remember my first ever job, um, I'm like, they're not even a, a 
a business anymore, so I, I, it's not a problem me saying this, but I remember him in one of the guys interviewing someone who was a woman and he basically just came out and said, are you actually looking to get pregnant in the next certain period? And it's just like, are you are you absolutely mad? I've had this though at a yeah. uh, networking event and I was on a table, it was a golf networking event and I was saying that I was hiring and I was saying like, oh, the prime candidate is a female and they were like, oh, she got kids. Mm. It's like, well, it's the does first that thing matter? I'm like, yeah, but Dad, you're a small business, what if you have to pay maternity? I was like, well, in the contract, she's on statutory maternity, yeah, so she wouldn't be claiming it off us. She'd be claiming it off the government yeah, anyway. Yeah. Like she knows that role. Yeah, but it's just a faff to then bring someone in and teach them. I was like, no, not really. They've got really good skill set. Yeah, and like it's, it's just, just crazy, isn't it? Like that people still think like that. It's just if, madness. If you took the the rest of that out, and like like I mentioned with the mm. the women's MMA fighters, if you matched it skill set for skill set, then that's how it should be based on. It shouldn't mm. be like, oh, you're just a woman, but. On the other hand, I think women do deserve more exposure because of yeah. like all the televised stuff especially. Mm. Not a lot of the things that I'm into are kind of televised on, on the woman's side of things, really. Yeah. yeah. I think like for me, like one of the indicators this week that was like really brought to my attention this um was I didn't know what all my clients do and I've had Bailey as like Lucy Bailey as a client for four years. And she did some policies and procedures for us, which is what she does in her job. She did some like appeals processes. We were, you know, we're short. We're, we're trying to improve yeah. those sort of things in the gym, our equality and diversity, and the work she did. I like, I didn't even understand half of it. Like, it was so good. It was amazing. And then, like, she just literally like taught me through how to do everything. But like, if I went into her job, imagine if someone offered me more money to do her job, even though she's amazing at it and did really well. I didn't even know what she did. And, like, it's so complicated and her experience is so great. You know, are you trying to tell me if she went on maternity leave again, like, next month or two, in a couple of months that they would bring a man in who was on more money potentially didn't know as much as her like it's crazy i just don't understand anyone's logic i never ever thought that would ever be a thing for me and then as soon as i was hiring people like making comments like that you just think it's out of this world and then another problem is that when women do come back to work and um jobs might not have as many opportunities for part-time work as well yeah and then once you start working part-time it's like you begin to lose opportunities to enhance your skills or your reputation yeah Yeah. it's crazy like my sister she's she comes off maternity in three months, I think. Um, and she's going back just two days a week and her work have just been like, right, yeah, whatever you want. You know, if you want to increase it, lower it, let us know and we'll sort it out. Like, they've been really flexible about it, keeping in touch with her every month, how is she getting on. Well, how it should be. Yeah, exactly. So it is a bit crazy. Kristen, thank you very much for joining us. If you could give anyone three tips for 2021, what would they be? Oh, don't have any expectations of yourself because you don't know what's going to happen um don't sort of like put timelines on i have to have this done by this time otherwise my self-worth is reduced you know what i mean like have a goal but and set achievable goals um you might have to adapt the pathway in order to get to your goal obviously with um gyms being shut and everything um but don't change your goal completely. Say, for me, weightlifting has always been my primary goal. And obviously at the minute I can't train as much, but that does leave leave room for me to work on other things such mm-hmm. as um, my mobility um, and obviously um, focusing on my revision and stuff at the moment. Um, so that's two things. <laughs> Sorry. They're really long-winded. Yeah. So um, I, I think like what I'd take from that is be adapt- <laughs> make sure your goals are adaptable. 
should have thought this one first. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else, snappy, Kristen, story. Yeah, other, people like, <laughs> other people are like, focus on your nutrition. <laughs> I love it. Giving you my life story. Uh, we, we want that life story. I love these. Like these are like what the opposite of what most people give. Um, like you said, obviously don't have any expectations, which I think when you think about it is a really really good way of thinking about it. And for some people, that will really resonate with them, mm-hmm. where they have expectations may not be they may be unex like unachievable expectations. So mm-hmm. it might be from a boss, it might be from your coach, it yeah. might be from your parents, your family, something like that. So. You, the way I would take it, because obviously I would usually always be like, set yourself some really high standards, mm-hmm. but as long as you're setting the standards and your expectations and they are achievable and you're constantly reviewing them. So it might mm-hmm. be like, you know, I've expected this. If I haven't achieved it, was it realistic? You know, and why didn't I achieve it? Yeah. Something like that. And then with the goals, um, be adaptable. So, you know, like she's just said about the gyms being closed, like that is a really, really good point. Um, some people are like, oh my God, I'm going to lose all the gains I ever made in the gym. I'm going to forget how to do it. I'm like, you're not. It's just take it as a break. Yeah. One of the things that I always tell people is when I went traveling for six months and I didn't really train while I was traveling, I probably did like two or three sessions a week, uh, but they were like really sporadic and yeah, they weren't as good as like being at home um, and my nutrition wasn't on point or anything like that. Um, I came back and after a couple of months, my lifting had never been better in my life. Yeah. It was crazy. And it was just because I had six months off. Yeah, completely you had off. a different mindset. Yeah, I needed it. Yeah, even when I had some time off, like over Christmas or whatever, I came back and I was in such a good mindset. I was looking forward to training, going in and getting it done. And yeah, what, what's better than that, really? Right, um, we need one more point. One more point. Um, be kind to yourself, be your own best friend, and don't say things to yourself that you wouldn't say to your best friend. Oh, I love that. Oh. So, like, think about the way you would talk to your best friend and the advice they would give them. Mm, yeah, Something like um, that. yeah, talk to yourself like yeah. you would speak to your own best friend. Do you think you're overcritical of yourself sometimes? Oh. Yeah, definitely. I'm a perfectionist. Really? Wow, I don't think we've had a perfectionist on the podcast before. <laughs> 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 now, thank you very much, guys, for joining us. We're just under an hour, so that's perfect, guys. As I'm watching the gym, we're currently doing lots of renovations, um, and one of the worrying factors is Nikki has a paintbrush. Uh, every time she's had it, she has spilt paint somewhere. Probably <laughs> on herself. Yeah, like we literally had the carpet for 24 hours and then she spilt a whole tub of paint on it. <laughs> and then in here she spilt a whole tub of varnish. So that's a worry for all of us. <laughs> but everyone kind of looks like they're having fun. Fraser has done an amazing job, so big yeah, shout out to him as well. Kristen, where can they find you on socials actually? You can find my Instagram at Kristen Hindley underscore. Um, yeah. Is that the only one? Yeah. You'll see lots of weightlifting stuff and also she. Put, uh, puts on some recipes sometimes. Like, I do. what was that oat loaf you made? Yeah, oh my gosh, my good. baked oats. Yeah, with cinnamon and apple. Yeah, so if you want that, guys, go and check it out. 